Hello, and welcome to Wild and Precious Radio, the podcast where we explore the question, what if we're not just here to live, but to live well? I believe the answer to this question of fulfillment is found at the intersection of spirituality, love, purpose, and ultimately your unbridled self-expression. I'm Fiora, your host, and this is your One Wild and Precious Life. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Wild and Precious Radio. I'm here with Nadia Munla. She is an embodiment and intimacy coach. She's also the creator of Embody by Nadia. I love the, the sounds of that, Embody by Nadia. Was that intentional or was that just a happy accident? It's got like a very melodious. Oh, uh, no, it was not intentional, but great. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's alliteration or some sort of thing that you learn when you're studying Shakespeare. Um, And she also has Embody by Nadia. Is that the certification program or is that the the self-discovery piece? It's all the above. We now have three tracks. So depending on what you want to do you can do it. Okay. That's cool. all one we'll program. Talk, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but I wanted to start. Um, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> You're here. Um, yeah. So for, I, I always like to start by talking about one, how I know you, which inevitably segues into why I wanted to have you on the show. So I was, I was introduced to Nadia. I actually had a loving friend, a lovely friend, Amy Pamensky recommend me to check out Nadia multiple times, but as we are wont to do, I wasn't quite ready for the help. (laughs) And so I think like the third time she suggested, I was like, okay, I'm going to check this lady out. And, um, what I was running into was a couple of things. One was I was totally burnt out. I had, I was fried with my business and totally burnt out around love. And I'd also really plateaued with my mindset. So I caught, I was like, well, if I can just figure out what the next good belief is or the next correct affirmation, then I can get through this edge that I just keep banging my head against. And, um, that's where our paths crossed. And you, and we'll talk about this more later as well, but you really introduced me to the body, right? And um, that there was this whole uh, sort of like great room in the house of me that I had, that like the door was closed on. And I didn't know that there was this like wonderful room in myself to explore that had all of these wonderful treasures to discover. Um which is like, okay, cool. That's great, Fiora. I'm glad that you discovered this instrument of wisdom that you you didn't know you had access to. But the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast specifically is because I think that because our our culture is so mind-centric and academic-centric and intellect-centric, that it's actually kind of challenging to talk about embodiment. It sort of feels, it can feel abstract. And yet I think that this is a blind spot that just about everybody walks around with. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have you come on to talk about it because it's, it's sort of like, I didn't know that I didn't know that I needed it. Yeah. Yep. That's sort of how it goes. Do you do, is, is that a plate? Is that point of intersection? common for you when you when it when like clients find you yeah because I think that body wisdom as a whole what our body has to offer um the the way of the body (laughs) is just not Mm -hmm. fully woven into modern culture right now right and so at least in the western world primarily and so there is so much focus, like you said, on, on, on the mind. And even in personal development, it's still very mindset heavy. And so it's very easy for people to not know that they don't know because it isn't even a box that they need to check. The box like doesn't exist in our culture. It hasn't been, it's not like, okay, cultivate you know, the doing and the strategizing and the conceptualizing part of you um, and also cultivate the feeling and the sensing and the receiving part of you. 
no one really like we don't go to school and have a class on that. And um, it's not something that is then, um, you know, rewarded when we are, let's say, in the workplace, like your boss isn't going to go, oh, bravo, you just spent five minutes admiring what's outside of your window versus like, get back to work. <laughs> right. And so, of course, all these different things allow us to not even be, we're just not even aware or conscious that we're missing what I believe is the most important compass um, to help us navigate what we're actually meant to do. It helps us up level our experience in, in the moment to moment on a day to day basis. And then also like that's the individual experience, but then it also is important collectively for the bigger we because the more we're connected to our body and our body wisdom, the more we're actually connected to nature's wisdom, which um, the reason why that's so important is because we have been really uh, disconnected uh, from our environment. And I, I believe so many of the issues that we have nowadays is because there's been this um, disconnect between humans and nature as though we are not nature itself but we are just a part of nature um, and we can get into that a little bit more but essentially yeah that's that's why i think people aren't even aware i want to i want to go so many directions with the rest of my questions um but we keep, we'll, we'll get into your origin story in a little bit but um what i'm hearing what i'm hearing you say it was also a uh, something that we came back to it. So I hired Nadia one-on-one -on -one and I worked with her for, it was more like eight months, but I think it was supposed to be six months. Um, and what I, one of the things that I experienced is something that I would sort of describe as resensitization. And what you just mentioned about the collective of, I feel like before the sort of like rolling shutdowns due to the pandemic happened, most of us were very distracted and numb. And now most of us, our nervous systems are in like states of collapse. Mm, if, yeah. if people aren't doing what you're doing, which is this sense, sort of sensitization work, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and all of us go into collapse at some point a little because that's yeah. just being human. But yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wanted to like put that little addendum there <laughs> don't forget we're human we are all just doing but our like best. when do you don't you feel like you are hearing more about people burning out now than oh yeah in oh previous yeah years? for sure yeah and um i think there's a it's a combo of things that's happening right now uh, unfortunately we're all just trying our best and it's it's challenging because of course we've got the the context of a pandemic, but there's also just, we forget about how connected we are through technology and the internet, which is so beautiful on so many levels. But now I think after having our honeymoon with the internet for a chunk of time, we're now having like the shadow side surface. And it's like, oh, okay, well, it's so beautiful that we know about every single thing going on around the world. And also we have to hear about every single tragedy, which is both awesome in the sense that we get to now campaign and donate and do all these things to help parts of the world that we otherwise maybe would have not heard about. But we have to remember that our nervous systems weren't built for that. Um, back in the day, you just heard about what happened in your village and that was as far as it went. Maybe someone came from the other village and shared what was going on over there. And that's a, that's the extent of of what you had to take in in your nervous system. Now we have, you know, in addition to the, the pandemic, we've got all this news coming in every single day through social media about every single thing happening all around the world, which has always been happening. It's just that now we hear about it. And so our nervous system literally cannot take all of that in without there being a collapse or an extreme hypervigilance and a, you know, a desire to fight. Um, mm -hmm you know, for, for justice and for peace, which is beautiful, but it's still a fight response. It's still not yeah. actually healthy to the person experiencing it because you have to be only in fight mode when you, I mean, there's a way to, uh, uh, it's interesting we ended up here, but it is a way to, um, to 
stand in the cause of something, but from a very regulated place. And then there's a way to be frazzling your nervous system by being essentially in your sympathetic um, nervous system um, gear shift, which, which basically just means fight, flight, or freeze, um, which is really only supposed to be activated like, you know, 5% when of the time. When your life's in danger. Right. When something's actually trying to come and eat you or kill you or whatever. And so um, now these news headlines will do that to us. And if we're, if we're taking that in every single day, 24 seven, then that means we're in that state all the time. And so, yeah, everyone is fried. Everyone is, is fried and tired and we all need way, way, way more sleep than we used to. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and what makes me excited that we're having this conversation is, is I think a lot of people are like, well, what do I do? Right? Like, how do I interact with this experience? And it's one of the things you helped me with, because I was working with you during a lot of social unrest, for example, one of the antidotes or sort of like the preventative medicine that I got to fold into my world through working with you was embodiment practices. Mm. And those were very, well, I'm, <laughs> I was about to try to word, use a word I don't know if I know the meaning of. Uh, those were, yeah, medicinal, they were restorative. And I think restoration is something that's missing from a lot of people sort of day-to-day right now. Um, can I switch gears and ask you probably a question you get asked a lot, but how did you get, like, what's your origin story? I know it's very varied, but I always love learning how the winding path you got to where you are now. So, well, there's so many different, (laughs) it's like, which one do you want to hear? Um, the, the, the short version essentially is that, I, you know, I was born into a war zone in the first seven years of my life. And so I wasn't, um, you know, I instantly felt the world was unsafe. And so I think very early on, there was a lot of programming in my nervous system to be hyper vigilant at all times. Um, and then, you know, I'm a, a woman, a teenage girl becoming a woman. I unfortunately experienced a lot of violations um, that led me to also feel unsafe, specifically in my feminine body as a woman. And then um, add on a multiple slew of, you know, chronic health conditions, which probably were caused by the stress from the earlier years, although we don't know for sure. Um, and throw in a little bit of, um, you know, the typical sort of like concoction of um, you must work hard in order to be worthy um, messaging in there. So that in my early 20s, I was just working um, and very successful as a film producer, but, you know, doing a very, very go, go, go job. Um, that wasn't actually supportive to my wholeness and who, you know, the part of me that also was very feminine. And so I just got to a point where my body very clearly, because apparently I didn't listen ever to her. Um, my body was like, um, knock, knock, knock. Uh, we're not going to get much further in life if we keep going down this path. And it was really clear that I needed to completely shift gears. And I did. I made a pretty drastic change, shifted careers. Um, and by doing so, really shifted my entire lifestyle, become, you know, moving into coaching, um, which allowed for a lot more space to start to sense things. And I have to give a lot of credit to the first embodiment modality that I experienced as a um in my uh, late twenties was um, something called S factor. And it was like intuitive feminine movement. There was a pole um, component, but that felt less really relevant in terms of the, the deeply emotional like transformation that I had there. But it was the first time in my life since I was a kid that I really was able to block out all the noise from the world and just feel myself. Like when you talk about resensitizing, that was where I resensitize. And it is in the process of resensitizing in that container that I understood the 
potency of creating containers um, for you know women and women identifying folks to really feel um, what it's like to explore their femininity and to be in their sensations and to be in their emotions and their expression because that's the part of us that the world has said right now mm, not so important. Well, turns out yeah. it's very important. <laughs> yeah, and not and and not just like sort of dismissive now, but even historically, like imprisonment and 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 the extreme violence mm -hmm. to those parts of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, when you meet, when you tell, because I'm sure, because I know this is how I felt when when. I feel like even when I got on that first call with you and we were talking about embodiment be, again, because so much of the way that we experience the world is, is very, is very cerebral. It's very intellectual. It, it felt esoteric, even though it's kind of like the antithesis of, <laughs> of, <laughs> sort of, the, of, you know, non-corporeal stuff. But I felt like I was sort of this head walking around and my body was sort of like a transportation device, you mm. know, like mm -hmm. it was something to mold with certain kinds of food or like even just thinking about like how much of like, let's say diet culture is like calories in is calories out. Um, I'd love to hear like when people look at you and they seem confused about what embodiment is, how do you, how do you introduce people to to how to understand that? Um, well, I think, you know, on a very visceral level, it's just about dropping into your senses and being able to drop into the present moment in your body through your senses. Um, it's That's the way that we really feel ourselves, which is the embodiment work I'm talking about. I know a lot of people will refer to like embody this, embody that. And it's like, okay, I get that's just like walking your talk. But I'm talking about like dropping into your body and really letting yourself experience the world through the vessel that is your body versus let's disconnect and numb whatever is happening in our body so that we can experience the world through our mind very different operating system. And so that's ultimately what I'm trying to do is that, and I'm not trying to get you out of your mind completely because the mind is beautiful and very important. Um, it's just about like balancing it out so that you can be in both of these places at the same time. And so, um, yeah, I would say that's, that's really the core of the work. And then depending on the conversation, it, it, you know, gets a little more nuanced. If you're loving the show so far, please, 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 it would mean the world to me if you would take a couple of minutes to write a review, sharing your thoughts, ideally glowing five star. <laughs> um, this helps us boost the visibility of the show so that more people can find us and more people can listen along and more people can join the conversation. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please give us a follow. Um, if you follow the podcast, what happens is when new episodes drop, they land right into your device's podcast library when they're fresh. And now, without further ado, back to the show. Uh, I think this is, this, is, this is like a perfect place to talk about how embodiment forms your work around intimacy. Mm. Um. Right. So something else that Nadia does is, yes, she helps people um, create new relationships and dialogue and really like understanding of the landscape that is our body so that we can experience it as an instrument of wisdom and like a really reliable compass and guide. But one of the places you really specialize in is is taking that and also applying that to intimacy and helping people create the kind of connections that they want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I think on the, 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 the deepest level in order to relate with another human and in particular on an intimate level and even more so if it's like intimate and erotic, um, 
is it's important to know yourself, right? You need to know yourself to then be able to feel comfortable relating with another person, like truly, like on a on the most vulnerable, honest, authentic level. It's also really important to understand how your body works. Like, what does your body like? What does your body not like? Um, and the only way to first experience that is your, through your yourself, your own touch. So if we're talking about like physical intimacy, it's really important to first do the work yourself of what stops you, what fears come up around being a sensual being. What stories and messages have you gotten plastered on your body that keep you shut down? And then what is it that you can do with yourself through breath, through movement, through touch, through sensate, different sensations that allows you to sort of de-armor and soften and melt yourself into a place of, ha, right? To then be able to go even deeper with another person who will guide you into even more softness. But you first have to know how to do it yourself, right? To a certain extent, because if you then show up and there's like, oh, here's someone who's awesome and I want to relate with them. But one, I don't really know myself. And two, I don't really know what my body likes and doesn't or what it needs in order to melt or be able to relax. Then it's going to be really difficult to either communicate that to the other person or do what you need to do to prepare yourself for that. And so embodied intimacy is really uh, the name of the game, I think. Um, there's a, a lot we can communicate verbally and that's nice and important, you know, having agreements and like nonviolent communication and like all that stuff is awesome. And um it's not always what's going to get you what, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was also going to say, I also think it's not really what most of us deeply, deeply crave experiencing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think oftentimes, and you can tell me if you've run into this in your work, but like oftentimes when people talk about what they want in a relationship, it's oftentimes a feeling. Mm. it isn't like I want my partner to I mean like we good communication is a lifeblood of partnerships but I don't usually people say that because they know they need it not because they're like I really want someone who's a powerful agreement creator that's what I'm <laughs> hoping for in my intimate connections well what is let's use that example the powerful agreement is there to create safety in your nervous system so that your body can relax so the more you understand what it is that stops you from relaxing and, and being able to surrender, the more you can then ask for what it is you need in the agreements, or maybe one of what one of the things you need is someone who creates really good agreements. And so that's how the two really the two worlds bridge, I think. It's it's just a matter of getting clear on like what do I desire in terms of a feeling, and then what structure do I need to put in place to support that? What yeah you know, what thing can I ask for in the other person or what thing do I create for myself, myself? Because that's something we get to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. So something else that you, cause what, again, I love that like embodiment is sort of the, it's the platform, but then you have these really beautiful places that it intersects with other things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. One of them being relating intimacy, love and connectivity. You also talk a lot about embodied leadership. Mm. Um, and again, like if you're, I, I even feel a little bit where I'm just, I'm like, okay, what is that? What does that mean? And what does that mean? I'm mm -hmm. like, I understand the words, but I'd love if you could talk a little bit about like, what does embodiment leadership mean to you? And also like, what does, what does that like lib liberate in the people who you've helped start to really integrate that as like a practiced way of being. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when we are leading a movement, whatever that looks like, um, there's, again, it's about how much do you trust your body to take you in the direction you're meant to go 
And can you at least factor her into the process versus just being very conceptual and strategic about it? And so I think leadership in the world right now is um, is very much seen, uh, I mean, it's not everywhere, but especially Western countries have leadership, whether it doesn't matter who's leading, a man or a woman, um, that it's just, uh, it's, it's very masculine, it's very heady, it's very strategy-based. Um, and it's really rare that you'll see a leader of any gender who is um, really, really including in their conversations, not just for show, but including um, conversations around body and nature and um, the more what, you know, classically be considered like the more feminine elements. And I think that's really, really important because uh, the reason why we are where we are today in humanity, I believe, is because we have disconnected from the body. The more we disconnect through technology, through strategy, through like really trying to dominate, uh, the more we're moving away from our actual nature. And it's not working. Like the world is not doing great. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I do think we have, we 100% have the power to change that. And the reason it isn't changing as quickly as it could, we've seen statistics on how quickly we could like shift climate change. And yet here we are having the same conversation 20 years later. It's like it's so frustrating because again, we've got leaders who I believe are not embodied because the moment you have a human who is super connected to their body and their heart, they are going to feel nature calling us to, to get back into alignment and to get back into balance. There's no way that they could take one more step and not factor in the world around us, the animals, the trees, like the whole situation. And, and so I, I think embodied leadership is, is about that. And it's what the planet needs if we want to keep going or else we're just going to keep seeing all these catastrophes everywhere. And it's just going to get worse and worse. Um, and, and on the most, so, so on the, like, if I'm really zooming out on like the most macro level, that's what gets me out of bed every day to do this work is like the more people I can get into their bodies, the more they're going to go and make really, um, profoundly connect, like their decisions are going to be connected to the world around them. And they're, they're really going to think about every single step that they take because they can feel the world inside their bodies. It. Yeah, they feel it. Exactly. Um, now on a more, like if we zoom in a little bit, you know, embodied leadership is also about letting your body, you know, be involved in your day-to-day -day decisions, in your business decisions. It's about listening to how do I want to do it? Um, what feels good for me, which is different than what's going to work for someone else. So it's really important to have the tools to drop into what's true for me today. How am I feeling? How do I want to feel? And to be able to have access to the dial that can shift your state versus the dial that just shifts your thoughts. Because as much as I love mindset work and it's an important component to personal growth, we know that the most efficient and direct way to the reptilian brain, the part that is responsible for survival, right? And the part that is that picks up the red flags that like all the threats of like, oh my God, this is danger, danger, right? That part of our brain does not speak English or French for that matter. It just doesn't speak language. It only knows, Any verbal language, it yeah. just knows breath and movement and tears and um, sound. And so we have to go back to what I think now the mind sees that sort of poo-poos is like, oh, this is so basic, <laughs> right? Like, what are we even doing here? We're like breathing? a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. We're like a waste of time. Like I'm feeling my feelings. Who has time for that? And actually, it is what gets you back to a place of feeling safe and regulated and moving out of that fight or flight 
and a freeze response back into a place of, okay, this is actually me in my essence doing aligned work, moving forward in an aligned way. And um, those tools help you be a better leader because the more you are in alignment with what you're actually meant to do here in this lifetime, the better of a leader you're going to be, the more profound your impact will be because you're in alignment. You could work really hard doing something not in alignment, but you're not in alignment. So it's not actually going to one, fulfill you and two, create the impact and legacy that you actually want as a leader. Yeah. It's also not sustainable at all. Yeah. The sustainability piece. It's good that you brought that up because yeah, yeah, that's the next piece. You know, it's like, okay, first is discovering who do you really actually want to be and how do you want to operate in the world? And then it's like, how do you keep that going? And um, there are, we are living in a world of like quick fixes still. Okay, you know, take this whatever challenge in 30 days, get this result. Or, you know, five minutes, make this, you know, very fancy meal. (laughs) Like there's just all these ways to just make everything faster because we're like, you know, we're at it. We feel like we're out of time. And um, again, that's a construct of the mind. Uh, So then we go back to the body, we realize, oh no, like the body actually has its own pace. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's really slow Even, I mean, I get upset with my body all the time still. That's like one of the biggest battles I have where I'm just like, can we just like pick up the pace a little? (laughs) She's like, like, no, I don't. No, she's lounging and wants to sleep another hour. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's a relationship. It's like having a partner that has different preferences than you. You just have to like work with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, something that you, when we were working together, I remember you saying, um, well, one, you mentioned about mindset again, it's like mindset is a fabulous tool and there's an underbelly to it where, um, what almost like when we over rely on mindset, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that you are overriding your body Mm -hmm. and like the truth, like a deeper truth that is coming from a part of you that's much wiser than the head that has all these sort of like egoic desires and goals and okay, I want to get this much income or get this partner or have the way that these many pounds, cause then I'll feel happy or whatever on the other side. Um, but something you say, you saying to me was, was basically like, if you, are going to live a body led life, get ready to be uncomfortable. Mm. And more importantly, get ready to make other people uncomfortable, which I feel like is, is like a touchstone of what it means to actually take on an in integrity role as a leader. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're not leading if everybody likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody likes you, there's too much going on in the world. That's not okay. And that's not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's the first piece and this is, I think what you bring up is the number one reason people don't go into embodiment other than other, like once they've passed the, 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 the chapter of, I'm not even aware that I have, need to be more embodied, right? Which we talked about. But once they are aware that they need to be more embodied, why do they avoid it like the plague? (laughs) Because once you actually, if you've been living for so many years, overriding, disconnecting, numbing out, what happens? Or Band-Aid solutions, right? And then you, someone goes, oh, you, you just have to sit and feel yourself that's the last thing you want to do because guess what? It's not going to be pleasant. You're going to feel all the like chronic pain. You're going to feel all the emotions you've stuffed down. It's going to be like spring cleaning that closet where you stuff everything and you're like, Oh God, now I have to open it. And there's all this stuff. And it's going to, it feels so tedious at the beginning. 
And so a lot of people run away and go, I'm just not going to do it. But we all know when you're done cleaning that closet, it feels amazing and it's more functional. You feel better. Like it's just good to do so. And that's really what it is. The, at the beginning of, of embodiment, you know, right now I just started a new, um, like energetic sort of a, a Qigong based practice. And, um, in doing this, because it's very early on in my practice, the moment I start the practice, I start to feel all the aches and pains in the places that I normally am maybe not feeling them. And it's a way for my body to actually heal because I'm bringing in a lot of energy. That energy starts to you know, move uh, and dissolve whatever pain there is and essentially activates my body wisdom. But I still have to go mm. through the process of having two things happen. One, me feeling pain in my body and two, also certain amounts of agitation and annoyance and resistance and wanting to stop the practice and maybe even full out anger at times. And so it's, you know, at this point, I've done things long enough with my body to know that if I can just breathe through it and just remember that it's just a sensation and not to create a story out of the sensation, it's just a sensation that actually my body wisdom is like an intelligence is healing, is doing what it needs to do, even when I don't know what on earth is going on. And so I think, you know, it's, uh, it's really important for people to recognize, okay, that's resistance to me opening a door where behind it, there's a whole bunch of things I've overridden and stuffed down. Um, but ultimately, if I actually want to feel at peace, energetically, I have to clean out that closet. Because otherwise, it looks like, oh, okay, you're in this room. And somehow you feel uncomfortable, the room looks clean, the closet is a hot mess, you know, and so something's still irking you because you can feel like the energy of the closet being just stuffed with a whole bunch of stuff. So I think that's what it's like when we're not addressing the embodiment piece is like, okay, yeah, all everything else looks good. But on the inside, there's actually a lot of things that just need to be need to slow down and start to open up and release. And the second you actually just address it, it quickly dissolves. It doesn't take that long. It just feels overwhelming at the beginning, but it actually goes pretty quickly. I mean, I don't know, you went through this process. Maybe you can tell people like it doesn't really take that long once you actually touch it. Yeah. As you were sharing the story, I was thinking about specifically my business. Uh, Well, one, when we first started working together, there was such a like cathartic release because so, so much gets stuck in our, like literally trauma is stuff that gets like written into our nervous system. Like it gets like stuck there until we like move, move that energy or move those parts of ourselves. Right. So there was a real, there was, catharsis at the beginning or like really releasing and getting to metabolize it. It's like having like a blocked up gastrointestinal system almost. Right. And -hmm. like getting things moving it, there is like relief and there is release uh, that like you don't know you need until, until it happens. And then you realize like, Oh my God, like that, it feels, it feels like primal. I, I don't, I don't even know if I can say it feels good, but it, there's movement where there wasn't movement. Yeah. Um, but, and then specifically the way that this showed up in our work with my business was I was doing everything. I was doing all the stress. I was doing everything textbook correctly based on like the business philosophy that I was raised sort of, mm-hmm. or that I like got educated in. I was doing everything right. Like to a T And I was exhausted and I was frustrated and I felt like a failure and I was angry, even though I was like making money and I had a team and my clients were enjoying their program. But I, I was, you know, classic burnout ended up Mm. in the ER. I think I started, I think I talked to you shortly after being in the ER and then, and then started working with you a couple months later. Um, but it was through learning and it's also so funny too, as you start to learn this landscape and language of your body through the through working with you, it is really showing you kind of like the step right now. And your mind is like, no, 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 I want the six month plan. I want the one year plan, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so th- there was definitely an adjustment, but 
once I learned that you also can't unlearn it, like you can't unfeel your body once you start that sensitization process. And I mean, the, how far I've come in the last six months is a one eight. We talked about this on, we closed our, our work together a month or so ago. I don't even know weeks. (laughs) Um, but now I, I've like completely restructured my business it feels way more spacious. My overhead is much lower. I'm basically haven't been stressed for, I don't know, like a couple of months now, but I'm still mm. running a business that has more revenue coming in than, you know, like, and, and all of that came through you bringing me back over and over to like, well, like, what's the feedback I'm getting from my body about these decisions? Yeah. And mm when I would be like pressure up, be like, well, I don't know what it looks like yet. And you'd be like, okay, well then it sounds like you do like, it was kind of like, well, then you, this decision gets to be slower because your body's asking for slow. Right. So there's, it's all, it's unintuitive to the way that we intellectually understand intuition. But what's really cool is how like relentlessly faithful our body is to us like it won't compromise it won't it won't be like sure go do that thing that feels like shit for a little while (laughs) so that you can like hit that money you know she'll be like "Uh -uh. yeah that's not us that's not alignment that's not and and okay now i'm getting all excited and this is also something you and i nadia and i are friends in real life now um but we we've talked a lot about integrity And I think that something else that this relationship with one's body, whether it's a byproduct or it reinforces or what have you, is that like, you can't, like you said, like leaders have to feel themselves. I, it's so much less of an option for me to be out of integrity with myself or others because the way that I experience it in my body is so loud. It's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Like it, my body will inspire me to apologize more generously when I mm. mess up. My body will inspire me to reach out and have that difficult conversation because I can feel that there's a need for that conversation to have. Like, yeah, my body won't let me do the business strategy that, you know, Joe Schmo says is going to be a great business strategy because it, I'm, that strategy doesn't feel like it (laughs) honors the intimacy and connection I have with my clients and my audience. Yeah. So there's just this like ever present soundboard. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, cause, cause uh, our bodies are very clear about their yes and their no. We just have to learn how to hear them. And so I think, and, and everyone's yes and no is so different, right? But how do you get to know your own body's yes and no? It's through like getting to know yourself, feeling yourself, sensing yourself, and then starting to notice, oh, when I'm a no, here are the things that start to happen physically in my body. I clamp up here or my butt clenches or like my heart closes or my eyes starts twitching. I stop breathing. You stop breathing, right? Uh, so that we have different, each person has a different thing. And then, okay, what does it feel like when I'm feeling a yes? even though my mind might, might go, oh, that's not a responsible thing to do. It's like, okay, but what are the sensations that come up when you're like, oh, I'm excited about something? And maybe that you're traditionally not supposed to be excited about. And so it's all about learning the language, but your body knows very clearly her yeses and her noes, right? It's just a matter of listening. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like this is actually a great segue into you sh- sharing a little bit about, so um, Nadia has an Embody program happening soon. So would you talk a little bit about them? Well, that's what we can close out on. Yeah, I'd love to. So Embody by Nadia is my signature program. And um, what's really, what I'm so, so excited about is we have finally created three different journeys that people can take um, in this program. And so the program itself is really for anyone who is looking to deepen into their embodiment journey 
And so depending on where you're at, you either can come in and just do a track that is your own personal journey. And you do that in a group setting, but you get to go on this exploratory, you know, everything we talked about, about resensitizing, we do that through exploring um, three different feminine archetypes that I work with. We get into mastering your nervous system and really connecting with your inner little girl. Um, So we do this work that's very, very personal and will help you then feel more sensual, more powerful also more playful because, you know, we're, that's the other thing that keeps us contracted and feeling like, oh, it's like all that seriousness that comes with, that we think has to come with work and our business. And so um, there's that track. And then if you want to go even further, and if you actually want to start to facilitate this for your community, for people um, that you serve, you can take another track that actually allows you to get certified as a teacher. So that's my very technical training um, that teaches you, you get certified to teach my the class, which is embodied by Nadia. Um, and, and it's so, so exciting once you're a teacher, because um, I mean, you know, people who've, who've certified through the program um, it's it, you get to now open the door to others that I, you know, that this program and this work opened for you. And then finally, the third track, if you want to do the entire year with me and hang out, Um, We've got a mastermind track where you're doing the group, you know, program, your personal journey, you're getting certified as a teacher, and then you get to move into the last sort of section of the year where you're really working on embodying leadership um, and bringing in what, you know, soulful um, strategy into your business or into whatever movement you're creating in in the world that you are building. Um, by really bringing in, like, how do I bring my body into the equation when I am leading a movement or a business or a community? And um, and that part's really exciting for me because we move into, like, how to sell in a very embodied way that's in integrity and in alignment with your body, how to... Um, you know, how to market in a way that feels really good for you versus, you know, having to follow the five step, you know, formula on Instagram to, you know, hashtag (laughs) (laughs) Um, that like, I literally just, I'm like, I'm so tired. I just hearing that sentence. Um, But hey, some people love that stuff. So great. Those are not your people. (laughs) Not probably not my people. Um, And so, so this, this, program really is my life's work. And the idea is that no matter where you are on the journey that you get to dive deep, whether it's in three months and seven months and the entire year with me, but you get to start to really honor that. Oh yeah. Embodiment is that missing piece in my journey, but then also in um, just the collective right now. And so waking up every day to do that in the world. And I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, I really hope anybody who's listening to this episode who just feels that like tick, you know, that like little like tug, that like yearning, that sort of like intrigue to go check out Nadia. Obviously, like she's here because I worked with her for six months. I also did an in-person. If you ever get to do an in-person experience with Nadia, jump on it. Um, But something else I love about you and we talked about this when we first got together is like how intelligent you are and how grounded you are and um i think like you're for for all of our like polarity geeks out there you actually do a very great space of like holding masculine structure and safety for people going through this which i don't think is necessarily all the case with people who are maybe at like the beginning journey of teaching body-based practices um so Anyway, I just like, I love your work. I love you as a person. Um, I also, some of my dear friends went through her certification. I'm just like, infomercial. (laughs) 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 But like, the reason that like, it's like, I I watched it. I watched, I I blossomed and really created not just a deepened relationship with my body, but also with my own sense of divinity, Mm. like my own connection to, you know, source spirit. Um, and divine intelligence. And then I also have watched friends go through your work and go through your retreats and like the healing they've experienced, the like ferocity of expression that, Mm -hmm. that like 
that they blossomed into like blossoms too soft of a word, but they have softness too. Anyway. Um, anybody who's, who's just like, go check it out. She's also really fun on Instagram. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you're spending much time on there anymore, but you're really fun to follow on Instagram. Um, thank you. So anything else before we sign off? Oh gosh, no, I feel like we covered so many beautiful areas and, um, I think that I'll, I'll leave with this one thing. I feel I usually don't say this um, to the public, but I feel called on, on, in this particular, I feel like the people who are listening here will, um, will get down with this. But really the piece you spoke to about connecting to your divinity, I think is actually the work. Um, but I, it's sometimes, it's not something I speak about when I'm talking about embodiment on the front side of things. Um, I know it's what everyone ends up experiencing when I actually go through the program with them. Um, But a lot of people similar to not knowing they need to connect to their bodies don't realize that they actually are like the deepest longing in their hearts is to connect to something bigger than them whatever you label that as, but just something that we can't really, that's not material in the material world. So you can think of it as the cosmos, God, your divinity, uh, angels, fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. Um, But there's something, there's a hunger that we have for that. That's so innate in us simply because we're part of nature. So we're just trying to reconnect to what's actually ourselves. And so we get to do that through our bodies And that's what actually gives us the deepest level of fulfillment. It isn't another person. It isn't what type of business we're running. It isn't, you know, whatever else. It's it's really just feeling like you can feel the entire universe inside your body, Um, which may sound like like you're like, oh, that's a lot. But it's really, really easy to actually drop into that when you have the tools. And so I think that ultimately is the work that I do. I just can never say it that way because it it can sometimes be a little too esoteric. So, mm-hmm. but it yeah. feels right today. So here yeah, we go. Feels right <laughs> today. Thank oh, you thank so you for much. coming on, Nadia. <laughs> so um, good. For our listeners, if you want to connect with her, all of her, all of her social platforms are included in the show notes, as well as a link to check out Embodied by Nadia. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of Wild and Precious Radio. Thank you for tuning in to another Wild and Precious episode. If you'd like to become a master artist in your relationships, consider joining the Relationship Dojo. Every month we meet live to workshop what's coming up for you in your relational world, whether it's mastering better communication and intimacy with your partner, connecting more deeply with friends, repairing rupture, or attracting new relationships into your life, the dojo is the perfect place to become more ninja at relating. Check it out at the link in this episode's show notes. And until next time, stay wild and stay precious.